0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's September 16th. It's 2021, and we have Week 2 NFL to talk about here on today's podcast. As always, for football, I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend?
1: Not too bad. Week 1 did not treat me well. Um, I don't know why. Every single year I go very heavy because of overlay on Week 1. And every single year I end up losing money on week one because I always say I'm going to go contrarian. And then I'm like, you know what? These prices are just far too good. I better hammer in chalky Kyle Pitts everywhere. And if I would always listen to my first initial thoughts, I'd win a ton of money. But I never do. So on to week two where now I decide to listen to my initial thoughts and then the chalk ends up hitting so it's gonna be a fun week
0: yeah i mean i got i did not have a good week one either i think i did well on yahoo um but that was about it and oh, i did well on the drafters too so very very like i just uh, i'll lay in bed late at night and i'll like pull up a snake draft on like drafters and um underdog and like I'll forget that I'll do them. And then, like, I I check on, like, the Tuesday or Wednesday after. I'm like, oh, all right. Remember doing that with, like, draft? Me and you would hammer draft and, like, set our rankings at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. And it was great.
1: Yeah, I literally, on draft, back in the day, I used to, after Monday Night Football was over and as soon as I put up the slate, I would be drafting lineups from, like, whatever time Monday Night Football ended, like, 10 o'clock on Monday night until game started Sunday morning. And I would go through probably about 7,000 drafts a week. It was, I miss those days.
0: I know. Like, I remember like texting you and be like, you got baseball ones going? <laughs> like, Which baseball it... ones are you in? The
1: three or the four man's? I'm in the four man's. All right. drafting three man's.
0: Yeah. I mean, if not, we would have been playing each other. We, we, we had many times where we played each other like 80, 90 drafts on a day. Um, yeah. so we we communicated better.
1: <laughs> My favorite was when three people would auto-enter a hundred drafts at a certain entry all at the same time. So I'd have a hundred drafts against the same person going at once.
0: <laughs> I remember I remember one night I had like siege, me and him when we were doing the podcast, like I did a whole bunch of drafts because we noticed something on the on the podcast and like he went across the border at the time i don't know if it's legal where he's at now and like we played each other like 150 times and I-, I think we like both broke even because we noticed the same thing we we had our rankings the same so i mean yeah draft was fun but anyway week two week one's in the books a lot to talk about don't overreact i mean that's i think that's the biggest key for week two is people overreact way too much uh from from week one so We'll talk about everything as we break down these games. Uh, We get started with Denver at Jacksonville, 45 total. Denver's a sixth favorite. Potential rain throughout this game. I mean, it's Florida, it's the afternoon, and it's supposed to rain all weekend. So we'll have to kind of see. Let's start with Denver Broncos. Uh, Anything standing out to you here for Denver?
1: I think a lot of it depends on the rain. I mean, I'm probably going to stay away from this running back situation. I don't really want to play Melvin Gordon or Williams. I think there's too many good running backs on the slate. So probably stay away from them. If the rain is not bad, if it actually looks fine, I mean, we're several days out, so anything could happen. Um, But if the weather is looking all right, I think that you can attack this passing game. And we just saw, Taylor put up a pretty decent outing going up against Jacksonville. I don't think their defense is going to be great. I also don't think their offense is going to be bad, as bad as it looked in the beginning game. So I'm probably going to target this passing game. Without Judy in there, Sutton looks like he may be a little bit injured right now. I don't know. But, I mean, I think you can go with Hamler or Patrick. We know that Tay Bridgewater is what he is. He's not going to generally just toss the ball deep but he'll do a lot of dink and dunk passes all over the place. And his first outing, he actually did throw the ball a little bit deeper than he normally does, put up 36 pass attempts. I think that he can put up a serviceable outing going up against this Jacksonville team if the weather holds up here. So I might have a little bit of sudden, but I'm probably going to be majority targeting Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, and I can get all of them at a fairly cheap price tag. I think this is a spot that has a surprising amount of upside here. and The 25.5 implied total here for the Broncos makes me think that I'm probably right.
0: Yeah. Noah Fant is one of my favorite tight ends on the slate just in general. Uh, eight targets, which is, I mean, the wide receivers combined for 11 targets in week one and Noah Fant had eight. So, I think he's going to be a heavily involved player in this offense all season long. Um eight targets on 28 routes. Like that's super solid. So, um he's my favorite. I'm with you on the running back situation if if it happens again where one of these guys has a good game, it's just going to happen. Um for me, I'm just not going to target this running situation. Um I don't mind the Tim Patrick call. KJ Hamler, uh, I think they do have a good ceiling. I think that Sutton, obviously, probably the safer of the three, but I mean, no offense to the guy that I want to play from Denver on the Jacksonville side of things. um I mean, they we, we kind of we kind of were like, are they going to air the ball out? They got behind really fast in the game um, week one and they threw the ball a ton. What are your thoughts here going into week two? They weren't able to establish the run at all. And Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 51 times um, with Urban Meyer at coach here.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't – like, I'm probably not overreacting to the fact that they got crushed by the Texans. I think they'll be a better team, but I don't like this total here. I don't like the fact that they have a 19.5 implied team total. Lawrence is sitting there at 6K. Like, he's all right, but I don't know which one of these wide receivers he's really going to end up targeting that much. I mean – It was kind of a whole mess going up against the Texans. Denver is a better defense. The one guy that kind of really stood out as a potential good play going forward is O'Shaughnessy looked actually decent. He got eight targets. I mean, granted it was on 51 attempts, but he still looked like he was kind of the guy that Lawrence relied on when he was just in a pickle. So he's sitting at 2.7 K. I think he's a decent play. Everyone else, I'm kind of just going with tournament flyers, game stacks. I mean, if I'm stacking up Denver, I can bring it back with Chennault, Shark, or Jones. Any one of them are fine. They're not great. They're not that cheap. They're not that expensive. They're just okay plays. So I'm not going out of my way to play any of them. It's just a spot where I think you're better off taking a little bit more of a wait-and-see approach.
0: Yeah, I don't – I don't run a lot of two tight end lineups and if I'm playing font and I want to run it back with somebody, it's probably going to be Chark or Marvin Jones. I think those are the two guys you're looking at the most. I mean, Chark had the, has the most ceiling. He had over 50% of the air yards um, in week one. So I think he's the guy you're going to be looking at the most um, for just large field tournaments and trying to hit a, hit a home run. But Marvin Jones seemed very comfortable and I love the call here on Oshani um I had great spot like eight targets week one ran a ton of routes too from what I remember reading like 40 something routes or something like that so um I mean cheap tight ends nothing wrong with that so all right we got Buffalo at Miami 47 and a half total here Buffalo a three and a half favorites um let's start with the Buffalo Bills side of things they're going up against my Dolphins what are your thoughts here on Miami all right Buffalo sorry
1: I mean, you know me. I love me some Josh Allen. Um, Zach Moss' scratch last week was interesting. Singletary is 4.9K, but I don't think they're, he's going to be that heavily involved in the running game. I don't, honestly don't know if they'll use him that much. They gave him, I think, 11 carries last week. A lot of that was game script. Part of that was going up against Pittsburgh. He still ended up with 11 points, so I could see him doing something. Still probably a guy I'm going to avoid unless I'm stacking up Miami, assuming that it's going to be a little blowout over on the Buffalo side. What I really like, as I like every single week, is Diggs and Josh Allen. Like They're good. They're very good. Diggs can get 10-plus targets. He got 14 targets the last game. Didn't end up getting a touchdown, which is the only thing that kept him from getting a big outing, but he's not good. Miami's not as good of a defense as Pittsburgh in all likelihood. Diggs can put up a massive outing, but I don't mind a double stack here, like throwing in Beasley or Sanders. Both of them are pretty cheap. Both of them should get a decent amount of passes. I think last week Beasley had 13 targets. Again, that was probably largely game script dependent, um, but he had 14 targets or whatever it was. Sanders had eight. He'll still use Sanders quite a bit. It's those guys. I'm probably staying away from Knox. I'm probably staying away from Singletary. It's just stacking up the passing game, hoping that there's a big scoring game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I always like playing Josh Allen. always like playing Stefan Diggs. I think one of the biggest shocks in week one was Cole Beasley getting 13 targets. Um, again, I don't want to overreact to week one, but I mean, that's definitely something to kind of note and pay attention to. Um, him and Emmanuel Sanders are somewhat interesting. I need to go back and look who is in the slot the most um, in this game because I do think that is one place that you want to kind of attack the Miami Dolphins. Their, their passing defense is good, um, but Mac Jones had no trouble moving the ball. They just couldn't put it in, in the red zone. So I think Beasley and Diggs are very interesting here. Always like playing Josh Allen. Almost every slate I'll have exposure to Josh Allen. Um, the Miami side of things. I mean, Will Fuller is going to be back this week. I mean, I definitely think that's going to hurt Waddle a little bit. I mean, I just I don't even know what to think here as far as just the running back situation. They use Ahmed, they use Brown. Gaskin was the main guy, but I mean, when I'm looking at this matchup, if I'm playing Allen and a wide receiver, I want to run it back somehow. Maybe I run it back with Parker or or Fuller or Waddle, but, I mean, I don't feel good about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd probably go with Fuller. I mean, to be honest, we've seen massive games out of him many, many times before. Obviously, it was a different situation with, like, a better quarterback but Fuller's still a guy that can put up a huge out and go for a big bomb at any given time. So if I'm targeting a little bit of upside in a shootout where they're going to be throwing the ball deep and Buffalo's likely ahead, then I think Fuller is the guy that I want to go with. I mean, I don't hate Waddle. He was fine the first week. Parker's always fine. But I think Fuller's the guy that you really want to go with. I don't see a ton of potential upside with Parker or with Waddle here. Even like at their price tags, it's probably just not worth it. So I'm staying away from – pretty much the entire Miami side. I'm right there with you. Gaskin is the lead back. Gaskin is the guy, but they will not probably give him as much work as he should get. Granted, it was a little bit of a tougher matchup, or it was still a tough matchup going up against the Patriots last week. I don't know. I I just can't fully trust Miami running situation. They will use multiple guys. So it's just Fuller for me, I think. Like Fuller, maybe Gasecki, if I like want to do a full game stack. He can always put up a decent outing, but it's 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 mostly Fuller over on the Miami side.
0: Yeah, I mean I like to attack Buffalo with running backs and Gaskin is involved in the passing game. So I mean I might, if I'm playing Allen and Diggs, run it back with Gaskin. Just, you know, kind of get the potential running upside plus the receiving upside. But I think I think Parker is someone who's very interesting here. Uh, He looked good week one, so we'll see. All right, moving on. We got Houston at Cleveland, 47-and-a-half. Cleveland is a a 12-and-a-half favorite in this game. (laughs) No respect whatsoever for Tyrod Taylor in this Houston offense. Um, Any interest here in the Texans? I
1: don't think so. I mean, I know they put up a decent outing the first week, like – Cooks didn't look bad. Tarot didn't look bad. He's not as cheap as he was. They have a 17.5 implied total. I'm probably just staying away from the Texans. Like, I can't trust Mark Ingram. I can't trust this offense is going to be what it was last week. I can't trust the entire running back situation. Wide receivers, there's really not anyone I want to play outside of Cooks. So if you want to do a stack, Assuming that Cleveland's going to be ahead and passing the ball, like play Chubb or Hunt on the other side, you can bring it back with Cooks, but that's really all I do. Yeah,
0: you know, I definitely want to get some exposure to Cleveland Browns in this game. Um, I, I think they're they I think they have one of the highest implied totals, if not the highest implied team total um, at thirty. So I definitely want to get exposure to the Cleveland offense. So I'll be looking at like Cooks. Danny Amendola is like 3.6 K maybe I'll play a little bit of him, but I think cooks is really going to be the guy. If I'm playing anybody running it back, um, it's going to be cooks, maybe Farrell Brown. He ended up playing quite a bit of snaps, had plenty of targets um, at 2.9 K, but I mean, we've already talked about two tight ends that I like more in the same kind of price range. So I, I think cooks is the playback on the Cleveland side or on the Houston side, but on the Cleveland side, I mean, we'll obviously have to see if Odell Beckham is going to be active for this game or not. I think they already ruled him out. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, that happened Wednesday night. All right. So, I mean, going into this game, I, I just love the running backs. I think Cleveland pounds the ball. I think Nick Chubb has a really big game. And, I mean, it's I hate playing the Cleveland running backs because they both get snaps, and they're both going to kind of be at, like, It's like a 55-45 situation, but, I mean, Nick Chubb's in a great spot here.
1: Yeah, Chubb's probably my favorite from this game. I mean, Houston, not great run D. Houston, not great team overall. They're a huge favorite. Chubb's probably going to be running the ball a decent amount more. I think that they tend to use Green Hunt a bit more when they're leading. Or when they're not leading and they have to play catch up because he does a lot more in the receiving game. So I think they're probably going to give Chubb 20 carries in this spot here. Chubb is great in a great spot. He's the guy I want to go with. You want someone cheap without Beckham in there? Peoples Jones is min priced. I know he didn't do much last week. I generally don't like wide receivers against Kansas City and it makes sense. Didn't work out well last week. It could be a decent spot this week when there's a whole lot less of cheap wide receivers on the board. So he's probably my favorite in the passing game. Landry is fine, but Chubb is Chubb is the player.
0: Yeah, you meant mentioned Peoples Jones. Um snap wise, he was right there. Like he played just as many snaps as Jarvis Landry. Um, so I mean I I like Chubb a lot. I don't mind taking some shots on Landry and, and Peoples Jones. Don't know if I play Baker, but I mean, with the implied team total, I'll probably have some exposure to Baker Mayfield. Um, just, you know, kind of hoping you hit that home run. I think Cleveland's a good stack here. This, this should be a high-scoring offense. I don't know about game, but offense. Bengals and Bears, 45.5 total here. Chicago, 2.5 favorite going, um against Cincinnati. We'll start with the Bengals. Anything standing out to you here for Cincy?
1: I mean, not terribly. I do like Higgins. I do like Chase. I think Burroughs is a decent play. Um, Mixon, a solid oral play. They're probably like I, I saw it all over the place. The Bengals like had the lowest passing, whatever above or below uh, expected game situation neutral. Uh, they ran the ball with Mixon thirty times. I mean, he only picked up four and a half carries per per run, but. I think that he could be heavily involved. Like, it, it's the main suspects here. It's Higgins, it's Chase, it's Burrow, it's Mixon. Like, play those guys. You can stack this game up. Chicago did not look great in the first game. I doubt they're going to look great here. So I, those would be the guys I want to play with in my lineups. But I don't see them putting up a huge amount of points here. So this game, in terms of a game stack, in terms of just stacking up a team, Cincinnati is pretty far down the list for me.
0: I like the passing game in this game because I think Cincinnati scores. And I think that they might actually trail in this game. I think David Montgomery is one of the better running backs on the slate, especially at his price. And we'll talk about that in a second. So I like, I, I don't want to play Andy Dalton grant. I mean, not only because he's Andy Dalton, because they've already shown their hand. They've already shown that Justin Fields might be a guy that they use in the red zone. So I mean, that's, that's taken away upside from a quarterback position where you need touchdowns. So I like Burrow going to, like, Chase and T. Higgins. Um, I like T. Higgins a lot. I think a lot of people are going to look at, like, snap counts and targets for Chase. But I think T. Higgins has just as much upside, if not more. Um, so I, I like the passing game. And then, like I said on the Bears, man, I love, love David Montgomery in this spot. I, I think he's way underpriced. I think he's very talented. And, I mean, as the season goes, this is it's going to be like a 70-30 situation. Montgomery's going to play around 70% of the snaps. You can play Allen Robinson, too, if you're stacking Cincinnati. Um, I kind of like the Bears a little bit here.
1: I'm just on Montgomery. Like you said, Robinson, if you really want to stack up the Bengals and bring it back. Um, but Montgomery's the guy I want to go with. I mean, his price tag of 6.1K is probably a bit too cheap. He's been solid. Going back to like week 11 of last year, he's been very good. Main guy in this offense, not a bad match here. The only thing that worries me is I expect him to be decently high-owned. So I, I, I don't know if I want to go anywhere in this Bears passing game until Dalton's no longer the quarterback. So it, it's just Montgomery for me.
0: Can't wait to play Justin Fields. Can't wait.
1: Oh, yeah, that'll be fun.
0: 49ers and Eagles 50 and a half total here. San Francisco, a minus three favorites. Um, I mean, some of the biggest news from week one came from the 49ers. Um, any interest here in the 49ers?
1: I mean, you have to have some interest. It's going to be a nightmare trying to figure, I mean, everyone's going to play Mitchell. I think that hasty makes a decent leverage play because like it's it's, Kyle Shanahan we don't ever know what he's going to end up doing it's always <laughs> a yeah it's it's just a nightmare almost every time so I might honestly stay away from this running game and just hope that one of them doesn't do a ton like I,
0: I had like no exposure to Mozart last week and then Sermon was a healthy scratch and I was like oh I'm playing all the Mozart now yeah. it was an amazing spot well yeah. Eli- <laughs> Mitchell showed us how good of the spot was yeah, you're definitely not
1: alone. I think Ugh. I know so many people that did the same thing. I think Mostar ended up as one of the highest owned guys, and everyone had the exact same thought process. Wow. Oh, healthy scratch! No one oh, did. It look so too,
0: good on paper.
1: <laughs> it's too close to lock. I gotta lock in Mostar. Oh gosh, it was such a nightmare for so many people. But that's that's maybe why people who weren't great at DFS ended up winning. But I don't know. I'm kind of staying away from this. Debo is fine, I think. I don't really want to play Garoppolo. We've seen that they'll throw Lance in in certain situations, even in the red zone. Garoppolo looked pretty darn good last week. But if I'm going with anyone, it's probably Debo Samuel. He's going to get a high concentration of targets. He's going to be used heavily. He got 12 targets week one, absolutely crushed. I think that's going to continue. I don't think people are going to pay that price for him.
0: Yeah. My, my only concern that we really haven't got to see is if like Mitchell can catch the ball out of the backfield and can be involved in the passing game. So, I mean, I think that's the, the biggest question mark for me, um, because I mean, they just got out to such a big lead against Detroit last week that, I mean, it really wasn't like the, the score ended up, was it 41, 32, 33? Um, and it wasn't that close. Like, so I think this game has much more potential to be closer and I think we'll see a little bit more and we'll be able to adjust for week three, but I love Jalen hurts in this game. And I like the idea of like stacking Philly because I think we're going to stack Jalen hurts a lot this season. I think he's just, he adds so much upside with his rushing ability. He looked good against Atlanta, not hard, but I mean, he did look good. So I'll run it back with some Debo. I'll probably run it back with some Mitchell. And, I mean, you always have to consider George Kittle, especially with Jimmy G at quarterback. That's his number one target. Um, So those are just some things that I like here. The other side, I mean, Jalen Hurts, right? Like, it's hard not to like this guy. Uh, The running back situation, Miles Sanders looked good. He just – Gainwell played more than I thought he was going to. And I don't know if that was just, like – Miles Sanders being banged up with the ankle or like, they're actually going to like split this, but I mean, Jay- wasn't was there, it later in the
1: game when they were up a decent amount?
0: I mean, and like, didn't Sanders like hurt his ankle in the third or fourth quarter or something like that. And like, I mean, it was just a recipe for Gainwell to get carries.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not terribly worried. I mean, Miles Sanders going back to last year has been pretty solid in the offense with Hertz. So I, I think he's going to come in low-owned. I think he offers some upside. So I don't mind him in tournaments, but I love the passing game here. I mean, Barrett, I think, towards ACL. He's out for season. So this San Francisco secondary is going to be hindered. I like the price tag of Smith. I like the price tag of Rager. Both those guys can end up with a pretty solid game. I think, is Ertz questionable? No, it's he early is. on the week. Yeah. So if he's out, then Goddard. 4.6 K I'll definitely play some of him. He's solid, but Hurts is the guy that I just really want, like I'll single stack, I'll double stack. He was fantastic last week, going back to last season. He's been one of the best QBs since he like, what was it? Week 14, week 13, whenever he ended up starting, he's been one of the best QBs in the league. I don't expect him to draw a ton of ownership. Again, the 49ers secondary is kind of, kind of really hampered by injuries. So Hertz is the guy I want to go with, and I'll uh, stack him up with Rhaegar. I'll st- stack him up with Smith. I'll stack him up with Goddard. I'll double stack him. Like, this is just a beautiful spot here where I think he can put up a pretty massive out.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Ertz doesn't play, Goddard might be so popular that, like, Smith gets lower ownership, but I don't think Smith's going to go low-owned here. Big week one Um, was a great pivot off of Callaway. Like, I did that a lot. I got that one right, Grant. Um, out of you but did not uh man we're not going to talk about washington but fitzpatrick man i had some really good you fitzpatrick teams in week one so it happens i mean it happens injuries up happen. um up next saints panthers forty-four and a half and a half total here in new orleans at three and a half favorites um any interest here in the saints
1: Kamara, like i know winston had five touchdowns going up against the packers like he's going to
0: crush the man
1: yeah no i mean i i think i think a lot of that is just nfl variance i mean we saw the saints absolutely destroy tampa bay last year in i think two of their games like just absolutely crushed tom brady saints have a pretty solid defense like i think they're going to be very good Peyton, i still think is a very good coach Winston, I'm worried with him and his pass catchers if they're just going to pound the ball on the ground. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. I know they don't have Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback, but they're kind of running a Taysom Hill-esque offense, just like Winston only threw the ball, what, 20 times last game? What was it? I'm checking right now. Yeah, 20 times, had less than 150 yards passing and put up almost 30 points. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't think you can play too many of his wide receivers. I know that Callaway looked great preseason. I know Harris looked pretty solid in the first outing. I'm not against it on certain sites where it's cheap, but, like, Winston is not cheap over on DK. I think Kamara is just the guy here. He's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to be involved in the pass game. I think he's going to get more dump-offs now that they're probably going to be in a more neutral game script whereas last game there, obviously, we're just blowing it out the entire time. I think that Kamara is the play, and I don't really have a ton of interest in anyone else.
0: I mean, I think we have to mention Adam Trotman. Um, six targets in week one. Was on the field quite a bit. Um, got some red zone targets as well. So just going to throw his name out there. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, Grant. Everyone played Marquise Callaway week one. Everybody was burned by Marquise Callaway in Week One. Nobody is going to play Marquise Callaway in Week Two. I'm going yes. to have I'm going to have some exposure to Marquise Callaway at 4200 after he burned everybody last week.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at his ownership
0: yeah Nobody, right now. Nobody's going to play him after. I, that I was
1: I'm going to wait and see if there's any more chatter throughout the week. Like that's a very ownership dependent play, but yeah, if he's going to be low single digit owned. Oh, gosh, that could be...
0: They just dominated the game. They didn't need to throw the ball a lot. Um, so, I mean, you get two of the best running backs in the league in this game. You get Kamara, who I'm with you, I like a lot. And then let's go to the Carolina side. You got Christian McCaffrey. The Saints' defense looked legit. And Sa- Sam Darnold played well. Um, but, I mean, this isn't the Jets' defense. This is This is the Saints. And they might have the best defense in the league this season. What are your thoughts when it comes to Carolina?
1: I'm not a huge fan. Like, the interesting part is Vegas putting them as three and a half point dogs. Like, obviously, a lot CMC, of respect. I'll, yeah. CMC, I'll play in any game, but like, I want to wait and see how this line ends up moving. Like, if it stays at three and a half, I think that like, I'll run, like, I'll run it back. Like, I'll do a full Carolina stack with probably CMC and wide receiver or no CMC and DJ Moore and Marshall and Anderson, like two of those guys and kind of just say F it. Like everyone's going to not want to play any Panthers wide receivers or anyone in the passing game. They overreact and saw what Rogers did in week one and be like, no, just not going to happen. But this could be a spot where like the game script could favor them. With Vegas putting it at three and a half point dog, like I know, like I I just I I feel like there's something I'm missing here. And because of that, because of the low ownership, I mean Darnold's projected one percent ownership. No wide receiver is projected for over five percent ownership. Moore is absolutely fantastic. Marshall is still cheap. Moore can put up a 30-point outing even against the Saints. Like, I think there's something here. So I won't do it unless I have Kamara on the other side, but I probably will end up with some Panther stacks if this line stays how it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, the good thing is like Christian McCaffrey, he's so expensive. He probably is not going to see a ton of ownership and like raw points matter. This dude's going to get all the workload. I mean, there's no running back in the league guaranteed the workload that Christian McCaffrey gets on a weekly basis. So I mean, if he could stay healthy, he's just he's like an MVP candidate every year. Um, DJ Moore, I think, is super interesting here. I think a lot of people are gonna go to Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson only had three targets. Um, big plays, making highlights. I mean, people love that kind of stuff. And I think DJ Moore is the better play. I really do. Um, so I mean, I definitely don't mind getting some exposure to this game, and if people overreact just I don't know I think this one's an interesting potential over bet as well. we'll see. uh Rams and Colts 47 and a half total here Ram's uh, three and a half favorites um, Matthew Stafford Ram's uniform look good. I mean I mean Sean McVay with Matthew Stafford. We were all kind of wondering what it was going to look like, Grant. I was impressed. Uh, I mean, I, I don't exactly want exactly over-
1: what it would look like. I
0: don't want to overreact to one week, but I was I was impressed. Um, I might be playing a lot of uh, Rams this season, and I think Cooper Cup is where we want to start here at this price.
1: Yeah, no, he definitely is. I think I'm staying away this week. Like everyone saw it, saw how good they looked, but Indy is a pretty solid overall D. I know they didn't really look like it the first week. I'm more on the belief that they will be a pretty decent one. Like, I, unless they're going to be loaned, which it definitely looks like they're not going to be. Like, Cup and Woods, I just think are going to be too heavily owned. It's a spot where I'm probably going to stay away. I will be playing a lot of this offense throughout the season. I definitely will. But I think this is a week to stay away. I mean, I don't want to eat the ownership with Cup or Woods, I don't want to eat the ownership on Stafford. Henderson is going up against a very tough Indy defense and is going to draw a good amount of ownership. Like, I think this is a bit of a trap spot here. I don't think this is the best spot to go in if this ownership projection is what we have it currently at. Like, it's, it's just a spot where I think there's too much volatility. I could see this game going a lot of different ways. I am high on Indy's defense. I think that there's a spot where I can stay away. I will be on the Rams a ton this season. I don't think this is where we want to go. I think we want to wait until they have a bad week and everyone doesn't see them on an island game and play them when people see them do bad.
0: I'll say this too: we all we we see this all the time. We see high projected ownership for Cooper Cup, Robert Woods around nine percent, Daryl Henderson getting good ownership, but nobody's playing the Colts side. So if you're playing the Rams side of this game, you need to be running it back with the Colts side of this game. I mean, I'll say that. I like Cooper Cup. I like Woods. I don't mind playing Henderson. He played, what, 95% of the snaps? Um, So, I mean, I definitely like the Rams side of this game. But if I'm playing the Rams, I want exposure to Taylor. I want exposure to Pittman. Um, I want exposure to Pascal. Like, don't forget about the Colts side of this game. This game's in a dome. It should be a very well-controlled environment. I think we see some points put up in this game, and i am we can disagree. I like when we disagree. It's always fun, but I'm just saying, if you're playing the Rams like me, make sure you run it back with the Colts here because look at the ownership on the Colts. Michael Pittman, 1.7%. Jonathan Taylor, 3.4%. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Colts?
1: I'm not a huge fan. Like, I'm a big fan of this Rams defense, but I'm not not really against it. I'm not against playing the Colts because they are going to come in at low ownership. We don't know exactly what Carson Wentz is going to be in this offense. Obviously, there's probably a little bit of rust considering that he missed a lot of the training camp and a lot of stuff. So the first week could have been jitters. And also it's week one, any number of things can happen. So Wentz could come in and be pretty decent this offense. So I'm not horribly against bringing it back with a few wide receivers considering they're very cheap. I mean, we got Pittman's in there, 4.3K. Pascal's in there, 4.4K. If they're down, they're probably going to throw the ball 40 times. It threw the ball 38 times being down last week. So I really don't hate targeting some of these guys in the Colts offense. Even Jonathan Taylor, like – I'd rather attack the Rams on the ground than through the air. Jonathan Taylor is going to get a huge workload. He always gets a huge workload. I know Hines can come in there if they're trailing, but he can still be heavily involved. He got seven targets in the receiving game this last week. He still got close to 20 rushes, 23 overall touches. Like he's a guy that is coming at a low ownership because of what we have at the running back position in the slightly cheaper range and the more expensive range, he's going to get largely overlooked and he could easily put up a 30 point game. Taylor's definitely my favorite option, but if you are stacking up the Rams, I don't hate bringing it back with Pittman or Pascal. All
0: right. Moving on here, we got uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, 47 total in this one. Pittsburgh, a minus five and a half favorites. Um, any interest here in Vegas?
1: And it's always so weird when we say that still. It's so weird. It's also weird because we always refer to Vegas for lines. And so I kept, ex- I expected you to keep going. Any interest in Vegas line on this? It seems a little off. <laughs> like, no, it's just stopped. Oh, oh yeah, forgot. Um, not a ton. Like obviously Waller, like Jacobs is a tournament play. Waller, if he's gonna keep getting these targets, it's ridiculous. Edwards looked pretty solid towards the end of the game. Like three point seven k, he's definitely a guy that you can go to if you need a salary guy or to bring it back. If you're playing Najee Harris on the other side, but Pittsburgh got a solid defense. I I don't know if I want to target anyone in this Vegas game outside of. Waller, that really just—he's he's gonna—he's a beast. If he's gonna keep getting this volume, like, oh my gosh, nineteen targets, and I think he was over ten for the first half. It's just a spot where they're gonna force feed him. Like Gruden loves him, Carr obviously loves him, and he only caught like what fifty-four percent of his passes, fifty-two percent of his passes in the first game. Like he could have had an absolutely monster outing and tight end, like it's tough to get tight end that's going to put up 30 points. He can absolutely do it.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> we all did it wrong by drafting um Kelsey as the first tight end, I guess. Um, I, I'm all joking aside, like Waller is wide receiver one, tight end one on this offense. Um, you could play him every week. Was really impressed by Hunter Renfro, and I think he's way too cheap again. Vegas is gonna be down in this game, all likelihood. Um, so don't play Zay Jones. I know he caught one ball and he had a really good, you know, touchdown, but don't play him. Uh that's an overreaction to week one. I mean, look at look at Waller, most of all. And I mean, look at maybe Renfro, and like you said, maybe taking shots on Edwards or Ruggs just because they're so cheap. Uh, Pittsburgh side of this game, I mean, how do you not play Harris here? Ownership. Like, <laughs> that's uh, I mean, reason. I think that's the only reason, right? Like, this is an amazing spot for Harris.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vegas really is not that great. He, like, as you probably heard from 20 different people, I think he had 100% snap share in the first game. Like, they used him a lot. He didn't perform, but – I don't care. Like it was a tough match versus Buffalo. This is against Vegas. Does not matter. He like what we want with running backs is usage, and they're likely to be leading here. They're likely to be running a lot. It's a good overall spot. Like Najee Harris is probably the top overall running back play on the entire slate, and I don't think too many people are going to argue with that. It's all about if he's going to be too heavily owned, if you want to fade that. Anytime I can get this much usage out of a running back in a good matchup, I generally take it and eat the ownership just because, yes, even if he doesn't get a touchdown, he still might, like, get you there. So I like him. In the passing game, like, I'll play Deontay Johnson. I think he's going to get largely overlooked here. It's not a bad matchup going up against the Raiders. He got 10 targets in his first outing. He didn't catch a ton, but we've seen him before get, like, 15-plus targets I think this could be a spot where he could end up doing it here. The touchdowns saved him last week, but we could see 100 yards, two touchdowns from him. And then Claypool, I'm never against playing him. There's always a chance he has a three-touchdown game. The guy is great in the red zone. We can see a huge ceiling from him at any time, and he's never really going to draw that much ownership because his numbers are so up and down. But they like him. Ben's going to throw the ball to him. And if they get to the red zone, it's beautiful leverage off of Najee. Play Claypool just because, like, Claypool can steal legit two touchdowns away from Najee Harris and be the difference between Najee Harris being the best play on the slate or being a very high-owned, not great play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of maybe playing the passing game to get off of Harris, but I think Harris is the best play from Pittsburgh. I, I just want to make that clear. Like, I think the contrarian way is to play, like, maybe Big Ben at home at 5.9 K and pair them with Johnson or Claypool, or even Juju because everyone is going to play Harris. And that just might be a different way to look at this game. Um, it just in general, you know, I think that's just something to potentially look at for tournaments. So uh, anything else from this one? Not really. All right. Moving on here. We got new England at New York facing the jets, 42 and a half total new England, a minus five and a half total here. Or favorite, uh, any interest here in the Patriots?
1: I think you can play Myers. I think you can play Aguilar. I think you can play Mac Jones, although I would not like to. I think you can play Johnu Smith. I think you can play Hunter Henry. I'm probably not going to. They have a 24-implied total. I'm going with Harris, which I never like playing a Patriots running back. But the dude got 23 rush attempts in his first outing, going up against a bad Jets team, a bad Jets defense I think they're going to pound the ball on the ground all season long. The fact that Harris didn't get into the end zone makes me think that not a ton of people are playing, but I think he's going to have a massive, massive workload. Once his name is was in the doghouse after um, fumbling, and he just didn't play great, so I wouldn't be surprised if they don't give a ton of play to Stevenson. also wouldn't be surprised if Belichick decides to be a giant a-hole and give Stevenson a lot of run, but I'm going to risk it, considering that Harris isn't going to be that heavily owned. He's the guy I like, and he's really the only guy I want in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Um, I like the New England defense, pair with Harris, and just hope this is a low-scoring game. I think this is potentially one of the lowest-scoring games on the weekend, so um, I like Harris, like the re- defense. I mean, if if you're playing on a site where Myers and Aguilar are cheaper, I think that's where you potentially look at them, but I mean, there there's so many wide receivers in this range that are in better-paced games. Uh, the Jets, the Jets, the Jets. I mean, I love the New England defense here. I think if yeah. I'm playing anybody from the Jets, it's maybe Corey Davis.
1: Yeah, he's the only guy I would consider, and I'm not really considering it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jamison Crowder is supposed to be back this week, right?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: So, I mean, that adds another mouth to feed in the passing game. I just – this is like a spot that I just don't like at all.
1: Yeah, I'm out on him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he was activated. Crowder was activated from the COVID-19 list, so he should be here playing in this game. Um, Yeah, I mean, Corey Davis, maybe Crowder, but overall I'm passing a lot on the Jets here. Uh, Probably my favorite game of the weekend. We got the Vikings and the Cardinals, 50.5 total here. Arizona, a minus 3.5 favorite. Let's start with the Vikings. Uh, Grant, I think this is going to be one of the highest-scoring games. I think that Dallas Chargers game is the highest-scoring game on the weekend, but I think this Vikings-Arizona game has so much potential for a monster game.
1: If you are winning money in the morning, you will be losing money in the afternoon. Like (laughs) Now that we're into the afternoon games, like – Every game before these four games is trash compared to any of these four games. Like, it's beautiful. This is a fantastic spot. All of them, so you're going to have me gushing for a while. Uh, Let's start off. You said we're starting off with Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Cooks, Jefferson, Thielen, same thing with Minnesota. Every single week, one's going to have a massive outing in all likelihood. They're going up against a very high-paced team. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I love all of them. My favorite, probably Cook, followed by Jefferson, followed by Thielen, in that order. I will play one of them in most every lineup. I will stack this game up every which way. This is just a fantastic spot here for a high-scoring game. I don't know which one I'm going to end up most with, probably Cook, but you can play any of those guys. And if you want to play Cousins along with, Thielen and Jefferson and bring it back. I don't generally like doing that. I think there's a spot where you can.
0: I mean, if you could project the the game script here, they didn't really use tight ends a lot last week. KJ Osborne at 3.3 K had nine targets last week. If you think Kyler Murray is going to be putting up points in this game and Minnesota might trail a little bit in this game. I mean, Definitely going to have some K.J. Osborne grant um, at this price. I mean, I love Thielen and I love Jefferson, like Dalvin Cook a ton. But, I mean, there's so many running backs that I like this week. Maybe I go underweight on Cook and overweight on this passing game um, because Arizona's going to put up points. This offense looks good. Kyler Murray looks good. Um, he's one of my favorite quarterback plays on the weekend. You add in DeAndre Hopkins in this offense and just – Good luck. Good luck.
1: Yeah, no, this is it, – it's a beautiful spot for him. The price tag, high enough where it might keep some guys off him. I really don't care. I'm going to use a ton of them. Like, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely beautiful. Kirk, I don't know if I'm chasing his big game last week. I mean, we've seen this before. Last season, I think he had a nice string of games and then didn't do anything the rest of the year. I don't mind using him on certain sites where he's not that expensive but I think that you can probably end up going with A.J. Green or Rondale Moore just as much. I think Kirk's probably going to draw a little bit of ownership, but those two guys should be very unowned. Resistency bias is going to be a thing. Hopkins is a great play regardless, but the rest of this passing game, like people are going to look like, oh, Kirk clearly the number two guy. Guess what? It could change any week. Rondale Moore still got six targets. Green still got six targets. Kirk just happened to get into the end zone twice. It happens sometimes. All these guys can get into the end zone. So I'm not going to make a huge preference. I'd still like the running game here. I like Edmund. He got 12 rushing attempts. He seems to be the clear guy in this offense. He's the guy with the most upside. He's also under 5K. I would like everyone on the Arizona side. I like most of the guys on the Viking side. I'm right there with you. Absolutely fantastic game stack, which you'll hear me say again, three more times with the next three games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do worry a little bit about Edmonds. James Conner had 16 carries, too. I like the passing game way more. I I like the passing game way more. But, I mean, I get it. They're they're both under 5K, and they're both going to be low-owned, so taking shots is not a bad idea. Atlanta at Tampa. 52 total in this game. Tampa, 12.5 favorites. Um, Let's start with Atlanta. This is another game that's in Florida. Again, it's supposed to rain a lot. We'll see, but I mean, let's see what happens when it's closer. It's Florida. Could change at 11 a.m. Um, any interest here in the Atlanta Falcons?
1: Yeah, I know they looked terrible the first game. I'm, again, not overreacting too much to week one. Matt Ryan can put up huge outings. Kyle Pitts burned us all week one because I'm pretty sure no one really faded him. But, yeah, Atlanta just did not look good. I don't care. They still like – Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback. They still have Pitts. They still have Ridley. They still have good options. I'm going to play all three of them. Anytime you – like, again, if we're just listening to week one advice, I know there's a much tougher match going up against Tampa Bay. I know that they have under 20 implied total. But then again, Dallas just put up a ton of points, a ton of yards. They're going to be throwing the ball often. And even Mike Davis, like, is not the worst idea in the world. I know I don't. you don't target running backs going up against Tampa Bay. But guess what? He can be using the receiving game a decent amount. I really like Pitts. I really like Ridley. I really like Matt Ryan as a low-owned guy that I think is just going to get entirely overlooked because what happened to him first week. But they're going to be slinging the ball, and I think that they can end up with a pretty big guy. I know it's an incredibly tough matchup, but it's still a divisional game. We could see it be a lot closer than this. What thirteen pl- thirteen uh, spread really implies.
0: I hope the weather holds off because I really like Ridley in this game. I like the Matt Ryan call. He's 5.6 K. This dude can put up 30 fantasy points. Um, so I like Ridley. I like pits um, under 10% after being like the chalkiest wide receiver in week one or tight end, I guess it's so weird having like single digit, like tight ends on the field. Like it just, it throws me off so much. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see, but I, I do like, I like the Atlanta side of this game too. I'm with you. I still like Tampa, but I mean, I don't like Tampa nearly as much in this game as I did week one. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Bucks?
1: I mean, they're all fine. My favorite target is probably Antonio Brown, but I'm just going to play whoever's lowest own, which is probably going to be Antonio Brown. Realistically, he had a full offseason to get entrenched in this offense. He looked fantastic the first week. We saw that Brady was targeting early and often. He was great. He has huge upside. He's a fantastic wide receiver. He's my favorite. I'll play Godwin. I'll play Evans. I'll play Brady. I don't know what to do with this running game. I'm likely just going to stay away. Gronk, like, not a bad play. Not a great play at 4.7K. I know that he had a pair of touchdowns the first week and put up a huge game, but I'd rather go with the wide receivers here, although it does look like he's going to be fairly alone, so I'm not horribly against it. But, like I said, these last four games, I'm gonna stack up every which way and be losing tons of money up until the afternoon games start.
0: yeah, I mean, I'm with you like these afternoon games are juicy. I mean, there's a few spots in those early games that I really like. We talked about Philly, we talked about Cleveland, but I mean it's hard it's hard not to like Tampa. It's just gotta get it right. I mean, Chris Godwin had 14 targets. Gronk had eight targets last week. I mean, Gronk is always like a guy that I love to play on FanDuel. But, I mean, if you didn't play him on DraftKings last week in that Dallas game, you were, you were missing out. Um, I mean, yeah, so. you also have to
1: remember that. How many times did Brady throw the ball? I, I'm fairly certain it was like that was a fast A gazillion
0: pace, but, times.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's not going to normally throw the ball, what was it, 50 times? That's a gazillion. not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's he's gonna be closer to forty. So the target share is more important to look at, which Godwin is the clear guy, but he's also gonna be the heavily heaviest owned guy. I mean, Gronk had a fourteen percent target share. It was just a little bit like a little bit higher than it probably will be the rest of the season, but he did catch one hundred percent of his targets. I don't expect that to continue to happen. So these are all things you have to kind of put in context, which you're gonna to have to Put in context, almost every single Dallas game, in my opinion.
0: All right, speaking of Dallas, we got the Cowboys and the Chargers, 55 total Chargers, a minus three and a half favorite here. I already said it. As much as I love the Cardinals game, I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Dak Prescott looked phenomenal against Tampa Bay. I really thought they were going to win that game, but you gave the GOAT um, the ball back with too much time let's also talk,
1: talk about the pass interference play.
0: it was a pass interference i'm with you 100 but again I mean- uh, also
1: they still might have won it's not like that was the last play of the game they still had it they still ran the ball three times afterwards i think just to eat up the clock they easily could have gotten there but i'm still angry about that
0: so we talk about like overreactions and stuff and drafting's overreacted to ezekiel Ellick's performance in week one he's 6200. In this game, um, I know he only got 11 carries and he averaged three yards a carry. That's not going to happen again here. Tampa has one of the best run defenses in the league. This defense is good, but it's not that good. Um, definitely want to get exposure to Zeke, but Dak, Lamb, Cooper. I, or that That's just where I'm going. I mean, the tight end situation, you could take shots on that, Grant. But with Gallup out, I mean, C.D. Lamb, and Cooper, the target share for these guys is going to be really high. I don't think I'll play a lot of Cedric Wilson, but at 3.1K, I'm not going to roll him out. I think he's just, he's too cheap. I mean, I, it's hard not to like this Dallas offense after watching that game the other night.
1: Yeah. Um, I like, I'm still so pissed that they made it. I, like, it was beautiful to watch, it was an absolute blast. But now everyone knows about Dallas. Like, I clearly thought that they were just going to be the Dallas team they were at the beginning of last season with Dak. And guess what? They were. Start off with Zeke. Zeke, like you said, this isn't going to continue. DraftKings clearly overreacted. I was reading something where I think Dallas actually had, I think, 25 uh, called run plays, and Dak optioned out of them like 14 times, 13 times. So it's not like they weren't playing on rushing the ball. They were happy. They happened to go against Tampa Bay, the best run defense in the league. The concerning part is Pollard was heavily involved, but there are a lot of lot of plays where both Pollard and Zeke were in there. So I think without Gallup in there, like they're probably going to run a whole lot more two tight end or two running back sets with those two guys knowing that Pollard can do a lot out of the receiving game and Zeke can still do a decent amount out of the receiving game with Gallup out of there. So tight ends, I'm kind of right there with you. Schultz and Jar- Jarwin were both pretty decently played last week. They both ended up with All right, games, I don't think that Dak's going to throw the ball 58 times again in this spot, but I love Cooper, and I love C.E. Lamb. They are going to get a massive target share. I'm right there with you. I'm going to stack this game up a lot of which ways. Zeke, Lamb, Cooper, I think, are all in for massive games.
0: I mean, there's just so many great ways to stack this game because you can run it back with Eckler, Allen, Williams, Cook. Um, This game is so stackable, and I mean – like uh, we're not saying anything like rocket science here. Everybody knows this game is a ga- good stackable game. I mean, let's go to the charger side. The biggest mistake that I see right now is we have Mike Williams projected for less than 1%. That is not going to be the case. Um, I hope At it Six K. I wouldn't low. be
1: surprised.
0: I, I listen, I will play way too much. Mike Williams. If that's going to be the case. I like Jared cook a lot in this game too. Um, I like the Chargers side just as much as I like the Cowboys side. That's why I like this game so much, Grant.
1: Yeah, no, this is going to be a fantastic game here. Uh, Yeah, Allen's probably my favorite when we talk about, like, raw points and point per dollar. But, yes, I'll absolutely play some Mike Williams. He got 12 targets in the first matchup. Eckler going to be Eckler. He's going to be heavily involved in the receiving game. He's got a fantastic matchup. Dallas defense is not great, and guess what? They're – It's going to be so many plays run. You look at the first four games last year and every single one of them, Dallas, if you just game stacked it, pretty much was a winner. And this is going to be something that's no different. I'm going to use them all over the place. I'm going to be above the field. on pretty much every single main main guy from this game. I'll play Herbert at 6.7K. I don't care. This is probably too low of a price tag for him, considering he can put up legit 40 points in this spot. Absolutely incredible spot for everyone. I'm going to use just so much from this game.
0: Yeah, so much from this game. I mean, your cash lineup might have four people from this game.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, because Zekiel Elliott's so playable in cash at this price.
1: Zeke's playable. Keenan Allen's still playable. cd and Cooper are probably two of the best options in cash. Dak's not bad. Herbert's not a bad cash game. Like, Jared
0: everyone, Cook was in yeah. my first initial build. For what it's worth, like, I I don't play cash games. I play a main lineup through single entries. But I, I like Jared Cook was in my main build. My my first build I built. I, I just was like, the spot's so good. All right, I mean, did you watch Gronk? How open he was! Like, even if he wasn't Rob Gronkowski, he was so open on Thursday. What was it, it,
1: it Collinsworth or whoever it was? Just kept stroking Gronk's ego about him being a big dummy but he made a smart football play.
0: <laughs> Gronk is not as dumb as people think he is.
1: uh I'm not he's 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 smart in certain ways. I love the dude like uh, more than anything I like every single time he was up for like a free agency or contract negotiation I was always hoping that he'd go to the Seahawks like I hate the Patriots, but I love Gronk and I still love Gronk.
0: I, I, the only, okay. (laughs) The only missed opportunity for Gronk is not being number 69. Moving on, Titans and and Seahawks, 53.5 total is where we finish. Seattle's a minus 5.5 favorite. There's potential weather in this game too. We'll be paying attention to Tennessee Titans, week one. Derrick Henry. Oof. That's all I'm going to say. Talk to me about the Titans here.
1: I think they're in a great spot. I think this is going to be a shootout game. Again, afternoon games are everything here. I think people are going to look into week one and just, yeah, like they're going to kind of avoid Henry, and I think that's a mistake. Yes, I know Henry is better for some reason later on in the season, but this is not a bad matchup. He got stuffed twice on the one-yard line, and I think Tannehill ran in I'm still angry. He did.
0: I so yeah. tilting. God, I, had, was so tilted. I had like
1: a G on Henry to get a touchdown. And after that, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a bad week. I also had Henry my best lineup. And if he would have gotten in, it would have saved my us, And it did not. So, yeah, Henry is a fantastic play. Absolutely love everyone in this entire game here. Like Brown, I think is going to go very under-owned. And I think this game could be a shootout. Tannehill, we've seen put up 30 points on a regular basis. Like All of this is just beautiful here. I think that everyone's going to assume week one, Tennessee, they might not be as good as we thought, but we were also talking about this being one of the best offenses in the entire league. And A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I think, are going to come in at low ownership, and they absolutely shouldn't because the Seahawks-Tennessee game could be a huge shootout.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love A.J. Brown in this spot, but I don't want to forget about Julio Jones. Um, I'll say that. Like, I mean, I think A.J. Brown is still the number one guy here in this offense, but Julio Jones at under 5% ownership in a game that's projected to be really high scoring, sign me up. Uh, I mean, and then on the the Seattle side, I, I mean, I know Lockett had a monster game, but I don't want to overreact to that. I still think D.K. Metcalf is the, like, touchdown hog in this offense and has the high ceiling. Um, But the good thing is like grant, like Metcalf and Lockett played the snaps and we really didn't have to worry about anybody else. I don't think, I mean, maybe Eskridge, but I I think it's Metcalf and Lockett is the targets here. Maybe Everett, but I mean, I think Metcalf Lockett, maybe Carson is where you want to play.
1: Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. That's the thing. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't mind Everett. Everett looked pretty decent in his first outing. I think I called him for a touchdown, and he got one. Hooray me! And then he just you know got one more target the entire game. So not hooray me, uh, but yeah, it, it's you're going with these guys. Like I'm again kind of following the game script of the beginning of last season where Russell Wilson was throwing a lot. I think this game's going to be closer than total kind of predicts. I think that Wilson's going to be chucking the ball, and yes, we know exactly where his targets are going. Like it's Metcalf and it's Locker. They just happened to get out of big to big league going up against Indy, and Wilson still showed up, or ended up with 27 points. We have projected ownership for the Seahawks right now sub five percent. I think all, all the main guys, or well, sub seven percent at least on all the main guys. Outside of Carson, so targeting this passing game when everyone's going to be on Carson because of his cheap price tag is a beautiful leverage spot here. I'm going to play a lot of Lockett, Metcalf, and Wilson. And I might even, I don't normally like to use both of them in a stack, but I'm probably going to end up doing that, bringing it back with AJ Green or AJ Green, AJ Brown, or Henry.
0: Good old AJ Green. I have way too much exposure to AJ Green and best balls, but. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then um, we're going to get out of here. Give me a quarterback, not in the top five, as far as price. That's going to throw for 300-plus yards.
1: My computer just froze. up oh, here we go. Now I'm pulling a quarterbacks. Um, Jalen Hurts.
0: All right, I'm going to go back-to-back, Matthew Stafford. Oh, Low-own running back for a touchdown.
1: Low owned is Zeke going to be that low owned? Like, I know he's cheap, but
0: I don't think so. But
1: all right, um, let's go with.
0: I mean, we can only go off of the ownership that we have currently in our yeah, possession. I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna go with Miles Sanders.
0: All right, I, I could get behind that one. Um, gosh, there's no way uh, I'm not gonna call this. There's no way Nick Chubb's going to be this low right? We have him currently at
1: 5%. I don't know. Like, he's kind of in a rough spot at 7.8K when you got Eckler, Mixon, Sanders, Najee, Elliott, Montgomery, Carson, all cheaper than him.
0: I'm going to go Nick Chubb two touchdowns, not just one. Yeah. Um, on quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown.
1: I'm going to go with Wilson to Metcalf.
0: Wilson to Metcalf. I like it. I'm going to go Joe Burrow to T. Higgins. Wide receiver for eight plus targets. Who do you got this week?
1: Uh, Deontay Johnson.
0: I was really worried. No, I wasn't. Um, Give me Brandon Cooks. Going up against Cleveland. They're going to be trailing in that game. They're going to throw a lot. Brandon Cooks is going to get there. Uh, give me a tight end that scores this week.
1: I'm going to go with Pitts. I like
0: it. I like yeah. it. I love people that burn people week one. You go back to the well in week two, and you laugh at all the people that faded in week three. Um, I'm just kidding. We we like you guys a lot. <laughs> Um, I think I already said it. I like Jared Cook this week. I think he scores a touchdown. And then give me a defense to score 10 or more points. New England. Yeah.
1: It's far too easy.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go Saints. I think those are the two top defenses this week.
1: I mean, Tampa Bay is probably up there, too.
0: Yeah. But (laughs) they are. But, I mean, the Saints against Carolina. (laughs) Sam Darnold's always good for one pick six. And then the Jets stink. Division game. Patriots are going to beat up on the Jets here. I think they've historically
1: done pretty bad in New York, though. (laughs) Or, no, maybe – I know they've done horrible in Miami. Like, absolutely horrible over the years in Miami. But I feel like they've been below average in New York few times but still I mean it's such a different
0: team though (laughs) I mean mean, they've
1: had trash teams every year and I think a lot of these games have been close
0: no I meant New England's such a different team I mean for for how many years did they have Tom Brady so we could like oh Tom Brady stinks in New York but now it's like Mac Jones Mac Jones is awesome in New York on that note we're gonna get out of here we always appreciate everyone listening um if you want Any other information, always feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, Grant usually replies with a GIF, and it's usually kind of funny. And um, I try to reply. It's going to wrap it up for week two. We'll be back week three talking more football. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. See you, kids.